and we're back. It's been a little over a month. I feel slightly mentally prepared to be doing this podcast right now. (sighs) What can I say? Things are not going well. Um, Things are not going well. I am in Los Angeles, the city of angels, you know, greatest city in the world. (laughs) Am I being sarcastic? Maybe. Maybe I'm being sarcastic. You'll see. Um, Yeah, things are out of control here as far as the pandemic. Things are pretty, pretty, pretty bad. See what I did there? Um, Yeah, things are (laughs) crazy here right now. This morning when I woke up, I saw uh, an article from the Los Angeles Times. You may have heard of it saying that there is a new third strain. This is in addition to the original COVID strain and in addition to the B117 strain that has been identified in the UK. There is a third strain here in California. And you know what? We deserve it, honestly. Um, There is nothing more appropriate to me than the center of this pandemic being in like the most evil city in the world. Doesn't it make sense in some way? You know, all the heathens here, the selfish, the narcissists, the uncaring. Mm -hmm. Yep. But it's not those people who are dying. It's the innocent, you know. This is so deep, like right off the bat. Like I'm so impressed with myself. Um, This podcast is brought to you by my current relapse on alcohol and drugs. (sighs) Let me tell you, um, I did sober October. I was sober for all of October, dabbled in some wine in November and December, And now I'm just uh, back at it. I was going to do dry January, but I just, I couldn't make it. I couldn't make it that far. (laughs) I couldn't make it. Okay, I'm going to do dry February. Maybe that'll work out. Um, Yeah, maybe it'll finally work out. I'm so casual right now. If you're watching, like, I'm doing a little, like, video clip of the pod and I'm wearing a bathroom. I'm wearing a luxurious Ugg robe. Sorry, that that's just my lifestyle. That's just how I live, you know? This is how I live. Don't hate. Don't hate me for it. Yeah. Um, things are bad here. Uh, there are currently, this was also in the news today, in case you didn't uh, see it. But in Los Angeles, they have lifted the limit on daily cremations. That's right. They have so many bodies that they have to cremate that it's in violation of the normal limit of the number of bodies you're supposed to cremate because it does cause air pollution. And they are temporarily suspending that limit. That's how many people are dead here. It is unfucking believable. But you can still go to the mall. You could still go to the mall. You can go to the grove and have a freaking froyo, okay? While everybody in the hospital is fucking dead. Unbelievable. 
No one could pay me to go to the Grove right now. That would be fucking crazy. If I went to the Grove right now, that's how, that's how you know I've lost my fucking mind. I don't even like going to the Grove, you know, before the pandemic. Like that was, that's like my least favorite mall in Los Angeles. It's so bad. But if I were to go to the pan, uh, the Grove right now during the pandemic, please lock me up, medicate me and make sure I don't come back out. It is what it is. Horrible news today. Ben Affleck, uh, Ben Affleck got dumped. He got dumped during the pandemic, you know, by the, uh, what's her face? The girl from the, uh, the Knives Out movie, which I thought was horribly overrated. Not as good as what anyone said, you know, the twist of the turns of the twist of the turns of the turns of the twists. Oh, surprise. She's not the killer or whatever. If you saw the movie, maybe you were as disappointed as I was in the ending, but whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah. Ana de Armas is her name. She dumped Ben Affleck. Okay. So now's my chance. You know, I, would I like to have sex with Ben Affleck? Yes. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking about it every day for the last 22 years. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's how old I am that I've had sexual feelings for Ben Affleck for the last 22 years. I want to clarify, I was 11 years old 22 years ago. Okay. Yeah, Ben's hot. He's hot to me. Really sexy. You know why? He's an addict. Okay, that's my type. That's my type. That's my type. Okay. Um, he's hot. <laughs> also, I rewatched Gone Girl a couple weeks ago. Wow, that movie's fucking crazy. Also, Ben Affleck does show his dick in it, and it is exceptional. You know, it it is big, but it's not like too big. You know, it's just like, it's the perfect size for his body. I think he's like six foot three. (sighs) Why do I know so much about this man who I've never met yet? I do know his address because the paparazzi go there all the time. I'm just going to stop talking about uh, how I know all this stuff about Ben Affleck. But Ben, my heart goes out to you. You know, I know what it's like. I know what it's like to be dumped during the pandemic. (laughs) I basically got done. Well, I got ghosted, you know, I got ghosted by someone who I um, like, someone I actually like. Kind of rare for me to like someone. (laughs) Shockingly. Can you tell by now that I'm a misanthrope, that I don't really like too many people? Yeah, I, I decided I'm just at the point where I'm like, I'm too, I'm too good looking to be ghosted. Like I'm too pretty to be ghosted, you know. I have, I have, you know, big tits, nice ass, great pussy, you know, positive reviews from many men, not many, not many. Okay. But you know, positive reviews from every man I've slept with. They've always tried to return no matter what, you know, and yet, yes, I've been ghosted. It's true. A near perfect woman can still get ghosted. So I hope that makes everyone listening feel better about themselves. You know, because even I, Heather Nicole Maruli, <sighs> talented, multidimensional artist, uh, 
comedian, aspiring attorney, podcaster. I can be ghosted. And so can you. But the thing is, we uh, we move on. We pick up our lives. We keep going. We press on. That's what's important, you know. Being ghosted has made me resilient, you know. Who cares? It's his loss, you know. If he's listening, though, I, I do want to say I, I am mad at you. Do not contact me soon. Because <laughs> I'm mad. I'm very mad. Also, honestly, like, maybe this is a good thing because, um, you know, it cuts down my chances of, of getting COVID. One in three people in Los Angeles has COVID, they say. Honestly, could be more. Maybe it's like one in two. Part of the reason why COVID here is so bad is because, um, so a few days ago, a story came out about um, one of the testing companies that they use in Los Angeles. It's called a uh, curative and it was started by some like 25 year old idiot, <laughs> you know, a 25 year old guy who like, he has all this startup money from VCs probably. And, um, curative apparently was originally, you know, formulating tests for sepsis. And, um, so curative, somehow got a contract to run the city-sponsored test sites. You know, uh, notoriously the biggest one was at Dodger Stadium, which I did go to a few times, tested negative every time. Now, here's the problem. Those tests at that test site, especially that one in particular that were performed by Curative, have an extremely high false negative rate. Okay, this was reported. I don't know who reported that. Maybe it was the Washington Post. I forget. But one of the big papers, they reported this. And so the issue now is that it appears that there were people who tested negative for COVID in Los Angeles who thought they were negative for the virus, who in actuality were positive with the virus. Okay. So what that creates is a situation where there are people who actually have the virus, who think they don't have it, who are going out in public, you know, being social. Unfortunately, people are having stupid fucking parties and gatherings and underground raves. Yes, I, you know, by chance I was on Instagram. I looked through some profiles of friends of friends of friends. And there are people you know, who I'm connected to a la Kevin Bacon style, who are going to fucking underground raves right now in Los Angeles. And it's ridiculous. <laughs> like, honestly, I don't care if you think you're not going to die from this thing. It doesn't matter if you think that. Okay. The problem is, is the, the, basically you're not conscious of spreading it. So it's, it's the asymptomatic spreading issue. And personally, I'm wondering if I've been an asymptomatic spreader of it because I know that I've been exposed to it at least four or five times. So the first time I was exposed to it was in March um, at a comedy show. And there were a few comics there who later believed they had COVID. Okay. And we were all being social or whatever. This is before the, the pandemic really started picking up. But... um it was some comics who had attended an event 
and several people got sick. Uh, at least two people who attended this event did test positive for COVID. So it's believed that about 10 or 12 people in my social circle got COVID from that event. Okay. And I was around some of those people right after they were exposed. I did not get it. Okay. Then at my office job that I was in back in March, um, the manager of the office like fell gravely fucking ill. Um, and he believes it was COVID, even though he tested negative for the antibodies, which we now know that you can test negative for antibodies long after uh, you already had the virus. So apparently the antibodies don't stay in your system forever, which apparently is why people can recontract the virus. So that's at least two times I've been exposed to it. Uh, just a couple weeks ago at my new job, um, not to brag that yes, I am still employed during the pandemic. Um, a coworker of mine who has his own private office, um, he tested positive for COVID and he was out of the office for, you know, two weeks. But, you know, I was around him right before he tested positive for it. So there is a possibility in some way that I could have been somebody asymptomatically spreading the virus or I could be potentially immune to contracting the virus because, I don't know. It just seems like way too many times I've been around it or, you know, interacting with people who either are just got it a few days later. And I've been shocked every time that nothing has happened to me as far as like I haven't had any symptoms of the virus or anything like that, which I consider to be extremely lucky, you know, but a lot of people in Los Angeles are not fucking lucky. You know, there's one person dying every six minutes in Los Angeles right now. God bless America. You know, follow your dreams. Move to Los Angeles. You want to be an actor? You want to be an actor? Move to Los Angeles. (laughs) What a mistake. What a mistake moving here. (sighs) Anyway, as I said, yes, this podcast is brought to you by my current relapse on drugs. Um, (laughs) Thank you to our local drug dealers. Um, so fucking crazy. I mean, honestly, I don't think people understand really how serious it is. And I think that people are still trying to fool themselves into thinking that nothing is happening, which is honestly the human condition. I'm actually looking at a copy of a very important book on kind of related to what I'm talking about. It's The Denial of Death by Ernest Becker. If you're familiar with that book, it is a discussion of the theory of how humans essentially move through life um, without thinking about the fact that they will one day die. And it's essentially a survival mechanism, you know, because if you're if you think you're going to die, like constantly, you can't live in that state of anxiety, right? You know, I mean, there are people who think like that, but they're, you know, they have anxiety, they need to be medicated, they're, you know, outliers, So, you know, the denial of death uh, presents this theory that civilization as we know it is a highly elaborate, um, like a defense mechanism against mortality, you know. So it's an intellectual response to what we already know, that we will die, okay, 
and it's a response to our survival mechanism. Okay. So if, if we deny the fact that we are going to one day die, then we don't live in fear, right? So that's what's happening in Los Angeles right now. There's just like a huge denial of death. It's fucking crazy. But it makes sense because this is a very selfish city. Very narcissistic. I've made my peace with that. I mean, yeah, I'm a little narcissistic. Sure. I'm doing a podcast by myself on Monday night in my luxurious studio apartment. Okay. Thinking that what I have to say is so fucking important that I just had to say it, record it, and put it up for you guys to hear. I am in denial of my own mortality. <laughs> As we all are. Yeah. So, oh, and then also in the book, The Denial of Death, he talks about depression, you know, and how depression... Um, people who suffer from depression, they, they sense the fear of death. Okay. So they view their lives as not something that will last. So they don't believe in, in mortality. You know, they, they see their mortality. Anyway, I don't know what that sound was. Was somebody like dropping a kettlebell upstairs? My, my upstairs neighbor is always like dropping a fucking kettlebell or something. Anyway, what else is going on? Yeah, so I got ghosted, you know. It's fine. I've made my peace with it, you know. It's fine. I don't want to get COVID for some dick, honestly. (laughs) I really don't. Like, I don't want that to be my fate is, is how did you get COVID? Oh, I was, you know, I was getting dicked down by a musician who I have feelings for, but you know, he doesn't reciprocate them and he doesn't text me back sometimes. That's how I'm telling my whole life story to a fucking imaginary doctor right now. That's how I am. When I go to the doctor, I tell them the whole fucking life story that I have. You know, oh, yeah. Oh, I was ghosted. Uh, Things are bad. I've been drinking a ton of Viognier wine in my apartment alone. (sighs) It's for the best. You know, it's for the best. Being ghosted right now is for the best for my physical health. Mental health, not so much, you know, but I have a support system. I have a therapist who I, I have spoken to about the issue. Um, she thinks I'll be fine and she's probably right. Um, I did also email my shaman who did get back to me. So maybe I will speak to my shaman about the issue further, you know, maybe I'll get a, a a psychic reading for my birthday. (laughs) It is my birthday next week, which is crazy. Like, I don't know. Like the last year has just been very strangely like. I don't know. People think it, it's been long, but I don't know. I feel like it went pretty fast. You know, I think I think the pandemic has sped time up in a little in in some ways, you know. But I decided I think I'm going to be turning the exact same age 
this year that I did last year just to like make up for it. So yes, I'm 33 years old again. Uh, don't tell anyone. You don't need to tell anyone. It's not their business. Okay. Promising Young Woman. That's a movie. It came out on VOD this weekend. And I have to say, I think I'm one of the only people who is being critical of this film. <laughs> like, here's the thing about movies these days. I feel like even before the pandemic happened or started, um, people were literally just like saying like, oh, this is the best movie ever about literally any movie that would come out. Like people were like, oh my, oh my God, this is, this is the best. Like when Knives Out came out. That's a callback. When Knives Out came out, people were like, this is the, this is the best movie of all time. It's so good. It's the best movie. No, it's not. It's not the best movie. You're wrong. It's mediocre. Okay. <laughs> and that's the thing about me is like, I, I'm a film watcher. Like, you know, I used to go to the movies like twice a week. You know, I love movies. I see a ton of them. I love independent film. I love foreign film. You know, I love dramas. I love psychological uh, horror films. I like ev- I like every genre of film, you know, and I love being informed of them. And I love, you know, taking them in and, and analyzing them and thinking about what I just saw, you know. And what I saw in Promising Young Woman was uh, a poorly executed film <laughs> that had some plot holes. This is a spoiler, okay? So the ending of the movie, um, the girl Cassandra, who is, you know, she spends the movie trying to avenge her best friend's uh, gang rape and eventual suicide, okay? She was gang raped in medical school and had to drop out. And then Cassandra was taking care of her and then her friend committed suicide, and Cassandra basically sets out to avenge this in a very unclear way. So basically she goes to bars and clubs and she pretends to be really drunk to the point that she can't stand. And then, you know, the object is for a guy to come over and, you know, help her. We all, we all know what that is, ladies. You know, we've all been there. We've all had a, you know, a fucking nice guy come over and be like, are you Okay. Are you sure? Do you need me to get you an Uber to my place and so you can slip onto my dick? We all know the tricks. We know the tricks. Men need to get more creative, honestly, because we're not. We're, women are not taking shit anymore. Like we're so over. You have no idea. Anyway, so it's kind of unclear what she does with these men exactly. So, like the first guy she goes with is Adam Brody, who literally have not seen him in anything in like 10 years. What has he been in? You know, he was on the OC and then he was like not on the OC. And then he was like in one movie. (laughs) I'm pulling it up. Oh, he was on, he was in Mr. and Mrs. Smith. I vaguely remember that. Yeah. Do you remember that movie? That was the movie that ended... Uh, the marriage of Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston because he was having an affair with Angelina Jolie. What else has he been in? Oh my God. Jennifer's Body. That's an old movie too. 2009? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's married to Leighton Meester? 
from Gossip Girl? Fascinating stuff. Um, yeah, this is like the first movie he's been in of any note in like so long. Uh, <laughs> so Cassandra goes home with him and then like the next day, you know, it's so unclear what happened because like she's walking around with like blood all over her. Like I'm, I'm just not sure what she did to this guy. It makes no sense, but we know he's not dead because later, later on his friend tries to pick her up at a different bar. But yeah, I mean, so it's unclear like what she's doing. Like some guy, she just like lectures and is like, you know, you shouldn't be doing that, you know, cause she'll like, you know, she'll stop pretending to be drunk and then be like, what are you doing? You know, um, the ending, should I even say what happens at the end? So she goes to the bachelor party of the, the main guy who led the, the rape of her friend. And, you know, she gets him alone upstairs. She's posing as basically like a bachelor party stripper. And, you know, she gets him handcuffed on the bed. And then, you know, she starts talking about like, um, her friend. And then, okay, this is the spoiler is that he ends up murdering her. He suffocates her with a pillow. He gets one handcuff loose from, from the bed he's tied up to. And he, he kills Cassandra. <coughs> okay. And then it turns out by the end of it that she had like planned this out just in case that happened. And, um, you know, planned for the video of the rape, which she discovers in the movie to be released. And that's how it ends. Um, so, you know, like there is like resolution achieved, but it ends in a way that you don't really expect, I guess. But I don't know. There's just like something off about the movie that I can't really put my finger on. And that's okay. You know, I mean, that's art. You know, we're allowed to um, criticize art, you know, as you do. Um, is the movie as good as people say it is uh, no i think people are just like exciting to excited to like see anything new right now they would watch literally anything you know i i i get worried that they're running out of content which is why maybe it's a good time to like shop my pilot around and see what happens <sighs> why am i talking about my to-do list um yeah so promising young woman it was fine you know, I don't really like to rate movies, but I'll give it like 6.5 out of 10, which is fine. You know, just under a fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes. So, yeah, that's that. Um, you know, here's a recommendation. You know, if you if you haven't watched 90 Day Fiance, now's the time. You're in quarantine. Things are bad. You need to feel better about yourself and your life choices and nothing will make you feel better about your own life and your poor choices than 90 Day Fiance. These people are sad. These people are desperate. And it's the greatest television show ever created. Uh, they're currently in season eight of 90 Day Fiance. I think we've discussed a little bit of 90 Day Fiance before. But this is the 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 original 90 Day Fiance that's going on right now. I think I talked about before the 90 Days the last time I talked about it. Um, 
And there's a couple on the season where I think they debuted on not the other way. Was it the other way or was it before the 90 days? But it's Rebecca and Zayed. <laughs> Rebecca is this like older lady. She's like 50. She allegedly used to be like some sort of private investigator. But I guess it was found out that like she wasn't really. She was like working as an assistant to a private investigator she lives somewhere in the South and her fiance is a guy named Zayed and he's 27, 22 years younger than her. And he's from Tunisia. That's like one of the big tropes on the show is there's always like an older white American woman with a young uh, Arabic guy. Very interesting stuff. Interesting dynamic. But I just find Rebecca to be so sad and she makes me feel better about my current state, you know, because I am not, you know, trying to find love with some man who vaguely cares about me in another country and, you know, bringing him back here and forcing him to live in Trump country. It's just sad. Um, so if you don't know who Zayed and Rebecca are, please watch the current season. You'll love it. You'll love it. <sighs> I feel pretty tired. We we made it um, 30 minutes. Pretty good, right? That's all this needs to be is 30 minutes. You know, I don't want, I don't want to do any longer than that. You know, maybe things will get better. You know, I I know that like I come across as being like super like negative and misanthropic, but like, honestly, like at my core, I am an optimist. Okay. I am an optimist. I am. I don't know what it is inside of me. Maybe, maybe the Sagittarius inside of me. I'm a Sag moon and Sag Venus. I think they're optimistic. But I, th- I think it'll be okay. You know, things are going to get worse before they get better. But ultimately, things will be okay. So my recommendation, take care of yourself. You know, take your meds, drink water, get some sleep, give thanks, write in a gratitude journal, you know, say some positive affirmations, remind yourself that you're beautiful you know, that you're a good person, that you're kind, you deserve love, that you respect your fellow man, that you deserve respect too, you know, just, you know, all the things that, you know, are supposed to provide you with a little self-care and guidance, you know, that's what I do. I do a lot of self-care, you know, I, this is like a little <laughs> off brand for me to talk about this, but I am very into self-care practices and it's easy to get into. So, you know, I wish you guys well. Um, maybe I will be back next week. I'm not sure if I'm going to have time to do it regularly every week right now because, you know, I have my own stuff going on. I'm taking a couple classes, you know, trying to stay busy mentally, you know, in focus. So until the next time I see you, take care of yourselves, you know, because that's all we have. Wear a mask, socially distance, don't go to underground raves, 
drink some wine if you want to, and take care of yourselves. Okay. Love you guys. Bye. Oh, 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 oh,